Welcome to Word of Truth Podcast. Our mission is to shine the light of biblical truth on the questions of life. Hosted by Stephen Brown and Stone Anderson. Enjoy the show. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Yeah, yeah. Sanctify them through thy truth. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Word vs. World. I believe this is episode six. Today we're going to be discussing the mark of the beast. What do you think about the mark of the beast? What does the Bible have to say about it, Stephen? Yeah, that's what matters most. It's not, it's not about what I think about it. It's what does the Bible teach about it because that's, you know, my goodness. If you... Everybody has an opinion on that, but none of them matters unless it's a biblically founded opinion, you know. And that's the whole—that's the whole theme of our podcast, you know—is getting everything that we believe from the Bible. Now, yeah, we, we're going to maybe put in a little bit of conjecture. We're going to say, well, if the Bible says this, well, that that must also include that, right? And so, there's a little bit of an allowance for speculation there, but we're not going to go into, well, let's try not to go into wild theories because it can sure get wild really quickly. How about to really open it up, you read the biblical account of the first time the mark of the beast is mentioned by that name in okay. Revelation chapter 13. Okay. Which verse do you want me to start out? Uh does it strictly about the mark of the beast, or you want me to go a little bit more, a little bit above? Yeah, go go. In fact, if you want to go back to, well, you do whatever you think. But you know, last week we did a podcast on uh, some parallels between Babylon and America, and I read from this chapter last week also, and I think I started from verse. Started from verse 13, but either way, start at verse 13 and read it, please. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live, and had and he had the power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed, should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might, sell, no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark." or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. Yeah, you know, I, I've i been a Christian for a decade, roughly, 
Now, I have been Christian in some sense. I, have, I was raised Christian, and I have been a culturalized, so to speak, Christian my entire life. I've grown up in a Christian culture. But I have heard this chapter taught from many different angles, but I myself have studied it. I probably have read that chapter more than any other chapter in the Bible, just to be totally honest with you. I, I would say no less than 300 times. And the one word that actually stands out the most to me in that chapter is the word worship. The word worship pops up in that chapter, I don't know how many times, but it's several. And to me, it's interesting because that's the one aspect everybody wants to leave out of the whole Mark of the Beast question. Now, I want to ask you what you think about this. And again, for YouTube land out there, we don't we didn't pre-discuss this, you know. Uh, you just happened to have a day off work, and I took a day off work, and we decided together and do. To, we decided to get together and do this podcast a little bit earlier than normal because we have such a busy schedule. So this is on the fly. But what do you think is the connection there? If you remember what you read, it said he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And if and when we back up like two verses, he says, and he causes, so we have that same terminology, and he causes as many as would not worship the image of the beast would be killed. So does it, let me ask you, is, is this a fair question? The mark of the beast is how the false prophet or the antichrist or whatever is how he is identifying his worshipers. It, it does appear to be. It seems to be the case, does it not? Yes, sir. I mean, in one verse it says he's going to kill everybody who doesn't worship the beast. Well, how do we know who's worshiping the beast and who they isn't? They got their mark or they don't. They have the mark or they don't. And we're, we, don't, we may or may not get to these verses, but the, the mark of the beast is referenced again in the next chapter, in chapter 14. And there it's called the mark of his name. Right, And then it's referenced again in chapter 19, and there it's called the mark of his number. And in chapter 13 itself, we have basically what's it's, you know, called the mark of the beast, and it gives us a number, but it says it's, it's the number of a man. And so, in a way, there's like this three-part aspect to the mark of the beast that a lot of people never think about. Now, just, I mean, on the spot, as on the spot as can be, what do you think the mark of the beast is? <laughs> I mean, here's, here's why I say that. A lot of people take it so literal as to think the tattoo of the number 600, three score and six on someone's forehead. What do you think about that? I mean, that could, that's a possibility, I guess. I think when it comes to the mark of the beast, you better be careful because we don't know for sure what it's going to be. It could be a chip. Some people claim it could be a vaccine. We don't know that for sure, but we better be careful. I mean, it it may be a little bit more, it may be harder to see than just a big 666 right there. Yeah. Well, I don't, I personally do not think at all that it's, a you know, the number tattooed on their, their forehead. Or their hand. Or their hand. I don't actually think the number in any way is going to play a visible role. Okay, now, if, if it does, that's fine. You know, if somebody offers to tattoo that number on you, flee for your life, right? Don't be like, oh, well, Stephen said that's not it, so I'll there, tattoo it on me. No, I'm not saying that's not it. I'll never have that number tattooed on my body. But, you know, people take that number too far, 
that they believe that the number itself is somehow an embodiment of evil. And yet, if we stopped and thought about it for just a second, well, guess what? There's the 666th page of the Bible. There's the 666th verse of the Bible, you know? I mean, that's just the case. And so the number in itself, I've heard of people, literally, I know a lady who lived in a town down the road who literally complained to the town hall or whatever so much because her address number was 666. Okay, now I agree that I don't like that number. But she was just like, she wasn't going to live here anymore. She was afraid it would be like haunted or something. And they actually came out and changed her number for her. Well, I don't blame the lady for that. But that's missing the whole picture, I believe. Which is what we want to get into. Now you said a chip... A vaccine? What else might could fall in there? Is there anything else you might could think of? Yeah, but I'm not really sure how to word it. One time you told me, you said, for all we know, the mark of the beast. I mean, you have to get the mark somehow, but what if it's just like signing, or what was it, checking the terms and agreement to basically carry on and live in society how it is? And maybe they there's some kind of just little mark they stick you with. I don't know. It can be. It, I'm just. What I mean is, it could be a lot more hidden than a, a tattoo. Right. Well, and you know, I said that. Not. I'm not. I don't actually think that that will be the case. But what I do know is that what you said when it comes to this issue, there's a lot of things that Christians need to learn that they don't understand yet. It seems. Christians think worship is only when you're sort of in a total state of spiritual elation focusing on God or something, but it's not. I mean, if you look at biblical, at times in the Bible where men worshiped, all it says is they bowed their head. So it's paying some type of reverence or homage is sort of an ancient word for that. It's paying some type of extra respect even if it's just the littlest amount in the bible when there's a sort of mental uh, submission to this even just the littlest bit and a physical gesture which you know it can be a bow it could be uh you know putting your hand on your heart it could be a lot of things that's worship right i mean it's just worship I, i'm not inventing a new definition of worship that's what worship is in the bible and so here's why I say that. There's another key word in that chapter, and it's deceive. It says he deceives the people that dwell on earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do. And so this is one of the first and most important things. Before we can even start talking about what the actual object of the mark is, we need to talk about all of the conditions that lead up to that. Because if we don't talk about that, we're not... The actual object itself, whatever it is, is of very little significance because there's all kinds of heart issues that lead up to it, which nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear, just tell me what it is, you know, just tell me, oh, it's a chip and it's over here and don't touch it. And, you know, they want to hear something in the news about it. They but don't want to hear those it. people are a lot of times going to be the people who end up taking it because they didn't get the heart issues fixed. Yeah, you got to get the heart issues fixed, man. That's exactly right. That's why we must start there. This is this this Revelation chapter 13 is one of the most spiritual chapters in the whole Bible. 
we want to take it all. Now, I, I don't mean it's not a literal thing. There's, there's going to be a fulfillment of this. But I, what I mean is when it is fulfilled, it's going to be something that is unfolding spiritually within the hearts of men. Men, it says, are deceived. It says the whole world worships the beast. I was actually thinking about that the other day. The fact that you'll have some of the highest, lead, the highest people in the world, the rich leaders and like Bill Gates and stuff, bowing to this thing. You know he's got to have something powerful. Yeah. And, well, that's, that raises the question. We're, so we're asking, what's the mark of the beast? Well, first we need to know, well, what's the beast? <laughs> if this is his mark, who's he? What's the beast? What is he really talking about here? Well, that chapter begins, maybe we should have read the whole chapter, but I think you know most people who's going to come across this video and click on it have already read the chapter, and that's why they want to know what other people's thoughts are about it. The chapter begins with a symbolic picture of this seven-headed dragon-type beast with the body of a lion and the feet of a bear and all that kind of stuff, or the body of a leopard, the head of a lion, feet of a bear. And it kind of tells us in Revelation chapter 13, sort of, it begins to unfold for us what that beast is. Do you have any concept of that? Have you studied that? Have you? I've read a few times, but what do you think? Just give me a couple words. What do you think the beast represents there? Give me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm just saying, well, if you go and read Revelation chapter 13, it says the seven heads are seven mountains, okay? Which then you've got to understand, well, what is a mountain? It says that the waters, because this beast comes up out of the waters, it says the waters is a multitude of people. So it tells you the waters represent people, the heads represent mountains, and it says the heads represent kings. That's what it says. It says, and there are seven kings. Five are fallen. In other words, five have either lost their kingdom or they are dead at the time of that writing. It's yet to be determined. We haven't got that far yet. It says, and one is, in other words, one is a king, and the other has not yet come, and when he comes, he'll continue a short space. And I know I'm getting way too far out there, but ahead of what people's understanding may be. All I'm saying is the beast represents a kingdom. That's actually what it represents. There's nobody on planet Earth that can actually read the book of Revelation and justifiably debate you on that. The beast itself represents an empire, a kingdom, a, a country, a whatever you want to call it, whatever makes sense. In the mind of someone, you know, living in 2021, that's what it represents. So could that kingdom be, in a sense, when he's here, the whole world is going to bow exactly. down. It's going to be the whole world, ain't it? Yes. Yeah, well, that's what it tells us, right? The whole world worships yeah. the beast. And it says in the dragon, which is Satan, gives power to the beast. So that, you know, part of why the whole world is just in awestruck wonder over this amazing leader, this amazing uh, you know, king or whatever, even the power of the empire is because it's empowered by the devil himself, right? And a bunch of them ain't even going to know that. And they're not going to know it. That's the point. They don't know. To them, they don't even realize they're worshiping. They have given their life over to a system, a, a pursuit, a fleshly way of thinking, an earthly gain type thing. And all of this comes to... All of this picture sort of comes to a, a point where you begin to realize it when what's the main controlling factors of whether or not you take the mark of the beast? What is, what is let's say, okay, so the beast is a king, right? Mm -hmm. What is his 
means by which he's trying to force your hand. The economy. The economy. That's it. You, I mean, that's what it says. Without it, you can't buy or sell. And so when we start getting the whole picture here, that brings another question. Can you possibly worship money? I would say yes. Absolutely. If you make it your idol, you're worshiping <laughs> yes, it. Absolutely. I mean, the Bible says you can't worship God in money. It uses the term mammon, which is sort of an old world word for wealth. But the people who are sit, who sit out there right now and they think, oh, I'd never worship this evil leader. I'd never worship this, this beast kingdom thing. I'd never worship this If you're this just going system. along with it to keep your worldly benefits, you're worshiping it. That's, that's right. We have a picture of this. We talked about it on the last podcast. We have an exact picture of this scenario in Daniel chapter 3. You either, you, know, you either bow to this image, whether you mean it in your heart or not, the king don't know, but you're going along to get along so that you can continue to participate in the economy. Now, people would say, ah, oh, but that's not worship. But it is. That's you're, the point we must realize. You're bowing before something that's not Lord God. Yes, and you're doing it for the sake of your... Providing for yourself, right? That's the whole men mentality is you're doing what you're doing to preserve your life, to preserve your way of life even. Maybe, maybe you're not even facing a life or death thing, but you're facing a steak or, you know, salad out in the woods, whatever you can find. So you're facing the qualities of life. In that sense, the number one factor, and this is what we must realize, the number one factor that's going to drive the huge majority of the world to totally readily accept the mark and even look forward to the mark and, and cry out for this type of thing is the economic benefit and what it gives you. So with that in mind, how would a vaccine come into play with that kind of thing? Because I know the minute you say vaccine, people out there are like, there's no way vaccine's a mark of the beast. And it, and it very well may not be. Well, it probably isn't. But it is but it laying the ground for the mark of the beast. Yeah. How so? Paving the roads. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, like vaccine passports, you can't travel. If you don't have the vaccine, you ain't got the papers to prove it. And they'll probably end up doing that with the roads, too, honestly. Uh I've heard stores already say, if you ain't vaccinated, don't step foot in here. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, without the mark, you can't buy a slow trade. Without the vaccine in places, you can't go in and buy something. So what we're seeing unfold is something that we never thought we would see unfold. What we are seeing is an economic restriction upon people who are unvaccinated. Is that, I mean, that's about the simplest way to say it, right? Uh, you can't fly. And in a lot of places, I, I don't, man, I wish I could remember who it was. Somebody was telling me yesterday that this company was basically moving towards, man, it was around here too. Oh, it was your grandfather was telling me about a company in Fort Payne that wants to make it a law that every, or, you know, a, a corporate mandate or whatever, everybody working there has to have a vaccine. And so now this is starting off in, you know, little places here. Oh, this company, this company. It's not the federal government or whatever. But, but listen, it is going it, to be there. It will be there. I mean, all you got to do is get on social media. Go on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Well, I don't know if all of them have it. But I know you get on Instagram and they have a whole panel up there. It says vaccine information. Vaccines are created as safely as possible in a quick amount of time. And when you got big tech companies supporting something, you might want to take a few steps back and give it a second look, honestly. 
Yeah, and honestly, I, I mean, I, we probably already talked 20 minutes about really one point I want to make. Now, it's an extremely important point that I've, I have failed to make, and I'm going to say it as clearly as I know how to say it. The idea that you're going to see a billboard that says, vac, you know, a mark of the beast given here, get in line, it's that's gonna, foolish. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It will not happen that way. And so the people who sit out there and think, well, I don't have to be watching. I don't have to be aware. I don't, I don't have to be in prayer. I don't have to be spiritually, you know. Uh, the people who are going to be sitting in the first of the line saying, give it to me. Yeah, and they're not going to know. That's the point. The people that... The people that Sorry about the technical difficulty. I hit the table so hard I knocked the, the... I created a short somehow. And that's okay. I'm passionate about this point. Because it really does matter. The Bible teaches so plainly that the, the, one of the greatest threats of the mark itself is that it will not be understood it will not be a billboard it will not be a flashing neon because sign. if it would if it was there would be more people staying away from it yeah and, it's and, a lack of understanding is going to be getting a whole lot of people to take it yes even atheists man if it came out like hey this is the mark of the beast here come get your 666 stamp on your forehead they would immediately become theists <laughs> they would become believers they would say oh my goodness christianity was true this is what was prophesied, you know, from 2,000 years ago. I'm a believer. I'm not taking the mark. It would just persuade even one of the, you know, most embedded unbelievers. So it's not going to happen that way. It tells us in that chapter that it's deceiving, that he deceives the whole world. It doesn't, tells us. Doesn't it even say if it were possible, even the elite. That's what I was about to say. And the elite. No, it's elect. Elect, yes. and Big difference. <laughs> yeah, the elect. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. Is that the elect... Only is it true Christians, or is there a certain type of Christians that it applies to, or is it the elect in the Bible means all truly born again believers? So just anybody saved, everyone who, who is truly saved. It's not everyone who claims. It's not everyone who's a member. Now there's going to be a lot of people who claim to be Christians yeah. taking it and well, pushing yeah. it. Yes, and here's what's going to happen because they're not actually saved. They're not actual children of God. They're not actual born again, the elect, or whatever. They will be looking to you and saying, man, this ain't the mark of the beast. There's nothing wicked about yeah, it. What you're standing against is going to stop murder and child trafficking. And, yeah, and we, you're we, a bad guy if you don't take it. Yeah, this little, if let's just pretend for a moment that it's a chip, okay? Uh, this little chip is going to make it to where, you know, kidnapping can't happen anymore. We know that we know where all Bank the children are. Yeah. yeah, they can't, you know, it'll put an end to the underground drug market. It'll put an end to... Uh, when you know when somebody steals your money, I can't think of the word for it. Like out of your bank Identity account, theft. yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it'll be such a good thing. It could possibly be the saving grace of the economy because here we have, oh, who, who knows how many billions are lost in tax evasion? Who knows how many hundreds of thousands of dollars is stuffed in the walls of drug lords around the nation we could put an end to every single bit of that if the whole country just comes along willingly into this new system that we have which by the way we've already talked about the beast as a system that's what we got to think of yes there is an antichrist but he alone can do almost nothing he has around him a system of things just like now the president of the united states in one sentence he can be the most powerful man in the world but when he's alone out in the woods he's the most puny man in the world especially this current one i'm saying but when he has around him the system the other people the help the you know all of the laws and everything well that's what the beast is and so 
Long story short, yes, it will look like the salvation of the world. The saving grace of mankind. I mean, honestly, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The only reason, Stone, to not take the mark is because you're marked of God. That's it. Because you're a believer. You're the elect of God. You're born again. And in that, and I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but in Revelation chapter 7, guess what? God marks his people too. Because there's four angels holding back the four winds of the earth that says, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, until we mark the servants of our God in their foreheads. And so there's a, everybody's ending up marked one way or another. So do you think that's going to be a visible mark? I think the mark of God is invisible. I think only angels and God himself can see it. It's a spiritual mark. And so I'll say this. The mark of the beast is also spiritual. However, because the beast himself is not God, he can't see necessarily that spiritual thing. So he's marking you visibly. I think if, well, let's say not visibly, because if you've got a little chip in your wrist, I can't see but that. They can detect it with a phone but or they something. Can, yes. Yeah. The mark of the beast has to be in such a way that people who are do not have spiritualized. Well, you know, he can see he has to see it in the flesh in some way, shape, form, or fashion. However, there's still a spiritual mark there because when God looks out, he says that one has given his allegiance to the beast. He's seeing a spiritual mark, and that's the main thing, man. People can get so caught up in all of oh this new technology. Oh, did you hear about this new technology? Oh, did you hear about this? And listen, those things are super interesting. I'm not knocking that. It's, 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 it's important to be up with the times. But the only way you're actually going to know, is this it or is this not, it's not by the technology. It's by the spiritual side of things. It's by what's the message there? Where's my worship going? What's my allegiance to? It's those spiritual things. Now, so I can come down off my <laughs> soapbox a little bit, I want to go back to the vaccine thing. If the vaccine, well, let's just say it this way, Stone. Let's say that the American government came out tomorrow and said, without the vaccine, you can no longer buy or sell because we're, all, try, yeah, cause we're trying to prevent COVID deaths. Exactly. And so Walmart, Home Depot, all of the big box stores. So just make it into immediate effect, yeah. Immediately effective. Unless you have been vaccinated, you can't shop here because you are a risk and then they're going to be opening up all the big vaccine places and like making it as quick as you can get through lines yeah. to make it convenient. But Yeah, and the whole time, nobody's going to see this connection because they're going to be like, well, the vaccine, that's a good thing. Yeah, we're, we're protecting people's health, you know? So here's my question. If they come out tomorrow and said, without the vaccine, you can't shop here, and the government says, unless you're vaccinated, you can no longer buy or sell in this country because you pose a risk. You tell me, what's the difference between that and the mark of the beast? It sounds, it sounds the exact same, honestly. It just doesn't sound like it's, if America, it ain't worldwide yet, but. Yeah, well, I don't necessarily know that when the mark of the beast takes effect that it's going to happen completely all around the globe on the same day. You it may take it, a month or two. There may be a domino effect. Maybe America that's does true, it. Yeah. Next week, England that. does it. Next week, Australia does it. And then kind of everybody gets on board in the United Nations. And so it's a process that maybe unfolds over a couple of months. But my point is just this, and this is what the, we need to realize. The mark of the beast, what the actual object itself is, is almost irrelevant. It's everything that it represents that we need to be in tune with. So saying that, I'll say this. If they come out with some sort of mandate that says unless you get vaccinated, you can't buy or sell, then you better not get vaccinated. 
You better not anyway, honestly. I mean, I know. We're going to do a whole different show on how the thing kills you worse than COVID ever dreamed of doing. But spiritually speaking. Yeah, you better not sign your allegiance to that. And, you know, here's the other thing to look at it. You know, people are like, you know, from where we're at now to a vaccine-controlled society is one tiny step. They've already got everything in place. They just got to flip the switch. Yeah. If there was a hundred steps necessary to get the American people to go along with a vaccine-controlled type society, we've taken 99 of those steps. Mm -hmm. I mean, all they got to say now is it's required. Everything else has been done. The fear has been put into the people's minds. They've already got most of the people on their side. Yeah, the division over the vaccine thing, most of the people are leaning that way, all of that kind of stuff. And so we're just one step away from it. And so, yes, to the minds of people who have basically been spiritually dead for the last 10 years, to them... We're nowhere close to the mark of the beast. We're nowhere close to them. It's, uh, it's, just, a, it's just a tiny little difference, you know. That's honestly what I've heard my whole life is I start talking about the end times because, you know, it's every, I think a lot of Christians really enjoy talking about it. I've heard this from so many people. Well, we've heard that it was we're living in the end times for the last generation before I said it, the generation before I said it. And, but at some point, I mean, you look at our, grandfather, our, our great-grandfather's generation and this generation— we probably well, we haven't been more. The earth has never been more ready for the mark. They have. I mean, they've even got to where now. You, you doesn't matter what language somebody's talking, and you talk to their phone, talk to them. I mean, it's just the technology has went crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, people have said that. Um, oh well, my grandfather thought he would see the end of time or whatever. Well, mine actually did. Okay, um, and he passed away about thirty-two years ago. Um, but he wasn't wrong because if let's say that it even goes on another 30 years, well, he, he only fell short 60 years of seeing it, which in the history of humanity is a very brief amount of time. And this idea that people have always been saying that that's not right either though. You can go back to the 11th, 12th, 13th century Christian writings and they were not living with an everyday awareness that the world could end. They didn't see it that way. Now I will say all the way back in sort of the days when the new Testament was being written, there was a fear in their minds, justifiably so. I mean, the dude come in and burned down Jerusalem, you know. I mean, uh, it was, they, they suffered tremendous persecution. I want to move on past this side of the discussion. But I want to say, the, Jesus said that it would be so deceiving that if it were possible to deceive even the elect, let's translate that, if it were possible to even to deceive even the very children of God, the born-again Christian who has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in his heart, if it was possible, it would deceive even him. The only reason, in other words, the only reason that man will not be deceived is because God will literally be protecting him from that deception. That's the only possible way. No wisdom of man, no philosophy of man, no will of man, no secret recipe, no nothing is going to protect you from being deceived by that. If, if you're not, you have to be filled with the Spirit of God, and that's the only way that you're going to see it. Then in Second Thessalonians... Paul, speaking of this very event that we're talking about, the return of Christ, and right before the return of Christ, he speaks of the Antichrist. He calls him the son of perdition Mm -hmm. or the man of sin. And he talks about him being revealed. And he says during that time that God sends strong, listen to the wording, strong delusion 
that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who love not the truth. Now you think, well, how's God just in doing that? All God is saying is, I'm going to let you believe what you want to believe. I have, I have preached the truth to the world through the prophets and the preachers and the Holy Spirit of God for literally 6,000 years. And you've denied us, so and you've denied do it. what you want now. And so, here, I'll let you hear this guy. And this is the guy you're going to follow because you don't love the truth, because men love darkness rather than light, because they don't want their deeds to be seen. They don't want their sin to be manifested. And so at the heart of the issue, we must understand the mark of the beast question is a spiritual question. It's a spiritual question. And a person who has got all of their hope in in the government is going to fall to that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, now... If it were a chip, because I tend to lean that way, you know, I mean, I I can't say that it is. How far away, what technology needs to be developed to make that happen? And that was putting chips in people's hands years and years ago. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Okay, so none, right? No. How long do you think? Before the mark? Yeah. I just... Don't see it going on another 100 years. It may not even go on 50 more years. Dude, if it went on 100 years, which I mean, I'm probably going to be dead in 30 years. But, you know, if it went on 100 years, <laughs> I, I, just, I just do not see it possible. I don't even think, I don't think mankind, regardless of the mark of the beast, in less than 100 years, we'll kill ourselves, man. I mean, you know, the, the, and the tension is so high between, and it's being... Brought upon us by the deceptions of the devil, working through governments, but the tensions among men and among nations is so high right now that at any moment we could begin to blow each other up. So now I don't see a hundred years for sure. But I mean, tell me what's actually in your heart, because I know a hundred years ain't what you really believe. I don't. I really have. I really don't know. I don't want to put a time on it. Well, you know, last week we talked about maybe not a time limit, but a certain amount of events. Oh, it's not far away from it all. How do you think it's going to unfold? I just want to, I mean, the Bible doesn't give us all of these answers. We're just talking to the people about what we expect because everybody wants to know, well, what do you expect? I personally, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't really think the vaccine is it. It could be. I don't know. But I, feel I don't like, think it is either. It's just conditioning everybody to accept it whenever it does. But you know. I feel like, yes, this is almost a test run, a trial run, and I think they're probably going to do it again. There's probably been another sickness, and then now that'll, then they'll make it mandatory. But why are they doing this? Why do they care if we take the vaccine? Unless they're just trying to uh, global depopulation, which they could be doing that too. I just I feel like there's more to it than meets the eye. And they're conditioning people for maybe the next step. So it really could be not far away. Ten years. I don't I don't think it's far away because what restrains the world, the worldly, maybe I should say it that way. What restrains the worldly from being able to pursue all of their passions with no hindrance? Christianity. It's us. You may not have ever thought of yourself that way, but you're like a little flashlight out in a world of darkness. And when the Bible says that men love darkness rather than light, you're light. And 
Why? Okay, I mean, and we've talked about this before. Why is it that men sin more in the middle of the night rather than the middle of the day? Because darkness is a cover. They don't want to be seen. You know, the clubs and the bars, why is it that they don't even open till 7 o'clock at night and they stay open till 3 o'clock in the morning, but during the daytime they're completely empty? Because people don't want to be seen there. They don't, they don't want their sin to be seen. And in that sense, Christians, especially Christians who are living dedicated to their faith, we are, we're like a little voice in their conscience that's saying, hey man, you know what you're doing is not right. And just like they want to sear their conscience, in a way, the Christian population plays the role of the conscience to the world. And they want to kill us. And so all I'm getting at is the spiritual condition. What, that's what I look at. When somebody asks me the question, how long do you think it'll be for the mark of the beast? Well, the technology's already there. Okay? So all we're actually waiting on is sort of a fullness of a spiritual condition. That's there. We know the next generation, we've talked about it. Go back and look at our podcasts. The next generation is being programmed to have no moral values, you know. And so their numbers are increasing millions a day while our numbers are shrinking back. Mm -hmm. And when it gets to a point to where they feel fully justified, I mean, the Bible does tell us that people are going to die the death of martyrdom by the millions, basically. It doesn't say millions, but it, it... it says a time of trouble such as had not been since the beginning of the world. Well, we can look back and say, man, there was some times of serious trouble in the past. And so the only thing standing between, I mean, what, what is it that's going to drive? Why? You said, why? Why are they doing this? Why are they making us do this? Why do they care about this? Why do they care about that? Why do they want to depopulate the world? Why do they want to push us into a corner? The truth is it's, it's back to the same thing. It's a sin thing. It's a spiritual thing. And Christianity, why will we be persecuted? Because we tell the truth. And that's the level, that's what I'm looking at. Um, the, the difference now between a true Christian, you know, a Stone Anderson Christian and a Stephen Brown Christian, and a worldly so-called Christian. That gap is so big now, man, that even Christians are persecuting us. It's the Christian that hates my post on Facebook when I say something about abortion. It's the Christian who goes out there and, was, and thinks that I'm, you know, destroying the faith or whatever. And so we're, we're there. All of the necessary preconditions are there in my mind that I honestly believe with all of my heart that at the very least, this nation will collapse in less than 10 years. I could be wrong, but I believe it with all of my heart. That is, if a mark of the beast type thing don't come to the rescue of the nation, you know, I really think that we're facing it very soon. Well, I want to leave the people with one more thing. I want you to be able to say something if you have something to say. If not, it's okay. But do you have anything you want to say before we move past that? Well, whenever you was talking about how the Christians are killing us, isn't there a verse that says brother versus? Yeah, it says brother will betray brother unto death. And we've and the father got to, betray his son. We've, we've already got a little taste of that when you see a family member betraying somebody saying, hey, he ain't wearing a mask. Yeah, and here's the... And that's you, just a mask. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not... All the slightest differences now agitates them. To, it's just crazy how much they get agitated over just the slightest. You hold up a little bit of truth and a little bit of value in their face and they despise you. They just despise you. And the word betray, we think the word betray is like, Oh, you did me wrong. You know, you did me wrong. No, it's way more than did me wrong. The word betray, if you look it up, it says give one over to the authorities. That's actually what it means. 
brother will give his own brother over to the authorities because he'll say, hey, he's my brother that's not vaccinated or he didn't get the mark or he didn't, you know. Yeah, he didn't he's, he's hiding over there in the barn. He didn't bow to the image. He didn't bow to the image. There he is over there. Go get him. They'll be cheering for your death, man. They will despise you that much. And it's already there. It is already there with us. And that's a really good point. It's not, it's probably the guy next door that's going to turn you in and and we will be sort of i don't know man i don't even know i don't want to speculate are we going to live in the woods what are we going to do are we going to just go down in a blaze of glory you know preaching out in the street you know i don't really know how it's going to happen but i know people listening to this are like that's never going to happen it's going to happen sooner than you think it's it is. so it's it's i'm telling you it's 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 right around the corner well man. the people who are saying that it's never going to happen they're going to be, the, like I said, they're going to be the first ones in line holding out their hand or whatever. And the reason that they're saying that is because they don't, they don't want this, you know, again, they want to sit at home in the comfort of their great American job and their great American, American house and the yeah. American dream. And, it's, and this is the only kink in their place. Yeah, and so they don't want to see it. They don't want to see it. They don't want to take the time and say, yeah, you know, here I am. Man, I'm like so close to the end of the world, it's ridiculous, and I'm still trying to pay for my bass boat, you know. They don't want to see the world that way. I don't even really blame them, but we got to face up to the truth. I mean, you were born in this time, and now it's time to man up and do something yeah. other than pay for your bass boat. Well, I know people that watch this are thinking, oh, man, I hoped they would be like, well, tell them, tell them about all the technological things, but that's, that's not what the mark of the beast is about. You know, the Bible doesn't give us any of All it says is without it, you can't buy or sell. And so from there, we can speculate like crazy. But the, the truth is, at its heart, it's a matter of worship. That's what it really is. And so we'll just close it out real quickly, but I want to say this. The Bible says this, whosoever take the mark, whosoever receiveth the mark of the beast's, or his name, or the number of his name. I wish I could remember the exact wording, but it says they have their part in the lake of fire. That no one, no one who takes part in that goes to heaven. No one. And so if you even have the slightest speculation that you live in the times of which that may come into being, you, you better be looking out and really be studying your Bible. Lean on the side of safety. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because the American dream versus the lake of fire, I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's the American nightmare. I mean, you know. Uh, and honestly, the American dream is just so fragile. I mean, people get cancer. You could die in a car wreck. I mean, you work your whole life, and the day you retire, you could just die. Yeah, and it's like, you know, last podcast, we said, give up your dreams for promises, man. Why dream when you've got a promise of God if you'll just, you know, live to serve God? you got promises. And it'll be more fulfilling than Way the American fulfilling. dream could ever even dream of. Way more fulfilling. Now, I do want to do a podcast again in the future and get into more detail on what forms what steps the government may take and there's going to be news events coming out over the next couple of years and we want to talk about the whole COVID issue and all that kind of stuff and so I do want to get into it in more detail but honestly the foundation needs to be laid that we've already laid it's a spiritual thing it's a deceiving thing it's a matter of worship and you may just blow it all off and lay there in the comfort of your bed one more night and say those guys don't know what they're talking about but your conscience is telling you that we do that we haven't twisted the word of God. I know their conscience is telling them that they have heard the truth. 
Because we have not twisted what it has said. We haven't sensationalized it. We haven't blown it out of proportion. And so it's a call to make a decision. Who are you going to stand with? Are you going to stand with the true Christian people or are you going to stand with the world and the conveniences that it offers you? That's what it comes down to. So you have anything you want to say? Closing thoughts? I was just thinking, standing with the true Christian people is going to come at a cost, but not the cost of standing with the Antichrist. Yeah, it'll come at a cost to stand with us, like it said of Moses, that he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to have all of the conveniences and the wealth of Egypt. You know, we every individual is going to have to make that choice in their lifetime. And y'all don't have much longer to make it. And I'm not, it's not like, oh, lift up me in stone. We're these great Christian people. No, it's not that at all. We were all saved by grace, but I mean, you got to, you got to see the forest for the trees here, man. It's like the finish line of planet Earth is, it's in view. It's in view. And we're racing towards it. Yeah. And we're, and speeding up every day. And so it is a very serious thing, a timely thing to talk about. I do want to do another one, like I said, but we'll save that for another day. If you made it this far, thank you. I hope you'll watch some of the other ones that we've done up till now because they'll be helpful in understanding the things that we said tonight, especially the last one, the parallel of America and Babylon. And we did get all of our uh, audios ready for Spotify, correct? Yes. So he'll have them loaded up here within a day or two, and we'll see you guys again soon.